Hey everyone, and welcome to Icons and Outlaws. This is Starting the Band, episode one, where we get to tell you about how we're going to rule the world. What's up, Jeff? Of course, I'm Jonathan Sayer, and with me is Jeff Butchko. You know that guy. There he is. And listen, we've got two other members of the band, and that would be Sean. Yo. Right? What's up? And of course, Dave over Hi. there. And you're more than welcome to, you know, say your last names unless you're like on some wanted file or some shit. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Let's not go there. <laughs> Let's not go there. You don't want people looking you up on uh, social media, right? Right, right, right. So listen, uh, this is the first episode and we're going to start doing these kind of little small blurby kind of um, things that we're doing for... Uh, the new band, right? Because we got together and we're doing this new band and we're extremely, I'm excited about it. Oh, Hopefully yeah. everyone else is. Like Very. stuff's coming along pretty well, right? And, uh, but first, um, you know, because we're all here together and it looks like most of us have a beer in our hands. I'm just saying. That's right, buddy. Cheers to everybody out there right now. Got my compadres here. Put it to your lips. In that right, there is a toast and a cheers to all of you out there right now. And yes, we are still going to be doing regular episodes of Icons and Outlaws. In fact, we have to do part two of Metallica. We haven't finished oh, yeah. that. We've got Stevie Nicks on deck. There's so many more. We've just been extremely busy. We never released Stevie Nicks. No. Remember, I was super sick. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I yeah, was like yeah. way sick. So we are um, a, a group, a room full of seasoned musicians. And, and, you know, we've all been there. We've done things. Jeff and I have talked about it numerous times. Um, and, and we'll talk about that collectively for ourselves. But um, first and foremost, let's, let's get to know everybody a little bit here. And uh, we'll, we'll go with you, Sean. Like, uh, tell us a little bit, like, when did you start playing bass, man? Well, it really started when I was young. Um, I think 11 years old. <clears throat> I had two friends at the time, lifelong friends. Um, shout out Kyle, Matt, what's up boys? Um, those two guys picked up a guitar and they're like, Hey, you're going to play the bass. I'm like, you know what? Bass is pretty cool. Let's try this out. And it really, it's just ever since I was young, I've never stopped. I've kept going lots of bands. Enjoy your beer. Thank you. <laughs> um, lots of bands and, uh, this new band and, uh, Hopefully, uh, good things ahead. So you've done, you, you've done, you've been playing for quite a while now, and you. So you've done some really cool stuff. Like, okay, so collectively, how many albums have you put out? Wow, you're gonna have to make me count now. All this right. is sorry, quite math. A math sucks. I hate All it. All right, so Rosella, shout out, boys. Um, That's our buddy Chris, right? Yes, Chris. Yeah, and Ian, Ben, Ian, and Ian. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, for sure. And and another Chris. Damn, so many Chris's. Yeah. Um, so we did three, we did three and, uh, plus we did a couple singles a couple years ago and that was fun. Love those guys. Always down to do anything with those guys. Um, so Solus is my other band I'm in right now. Um, another three there. So I guess, geez, there's six. And what else have we done, Mr. John? Well, I mean, you were a part of the Erase the Gray stuff, the newer stuff where we put out, uh, you know, the singles or whatnot. You know, mm -hmm. we did, uh, what, 
We did um, um, I'm on Fire, yep. the Bruce Springsteen cover. Right. And then... Um, Love Song. Love Song. We put yeah. both of those out there and, mm -hmm. you know, that was a blast. That was fun. We played yeah. some shows and, you know... Did oh, Purple Rain, too. And Purple Rain. Well, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that. Wait a second. What? Hold time out. You did Purple Rain? It, it, no, no, <laughs> they did. I started this? Hold shit. on. No, they did. Shit. They did. I don't even want to talk about it because right now, if you look online, like on Spotify or whatever, and you find Erase the Gray Purple Rain... It's all, um, it's just instruments because the vocal track didn't bounce down when I oh, uploaded it. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. If you listen oh, to it, it's literally just the Is it just, just on, it's just on that? that no, it's everywhere. Oh, man. It's everywhere. And then I'm like, well, do I just let it just be a, you know, instrumental track or do I go back and record vocals for it? I'm like, ah. I'll just let it go. It did sound good though. What I was working on, you know, it's, it's hard to replicate. That's a big one to bring to the yeah, table. The one and only print. for everybody. Super, super hard. Yeah. I super remember hard. sitting down trying to learn that one. I'm like, wow, this song is long. Really mm -hmm. long. And, and just his, the, his style of playing too. And of course, John Stepp, who mm -hmm. is, you know, the, the lead, lead guitarist, I guess you'd say for um, Erase the Gray. He did a great job on that. He really did. It was awesome. Like, it sounds great. Yeah, and it's I all know. acoustic and like, <clears throat> yeah, it's badass. It was so good. I didn't even really want to put anything on it. I was like, are you sure that you want me to do anything? <laughs> you, you want to fuck this up for you, buddy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I've got a question. I actually have a couple questions for you. Oh, boy. What is, what is your favorite thing you've ever done musically? First uh, of all. Favorite thing ever done is probably Truth, Lies, and Deceit with Rosella. That was a full-length album that had like a theme from start to finish. It had every single song led to another. It's it like a just, concept album. Oh, that's awesome. It was one of those ones like we were like we were so happy when we were done with that. And and to this day, that's one of that's probably my most favorite thing, just because it's a whole production from start to finish. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love what I do with my soulless boys, and we are just me and Marcus, like together as a rhythm section, you wouldn't. It's it's amazing, but um, <clears throat> with those with those guys, I absolutely love what we do. But like from start to finish, like that whole album, that was that was really fun for me. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. And you say you got another question. Yeah, and then the second question is, when did you feel like you you had it? You know, like for all of us musicians, there the comes bug. A, there comes a point where like you're playing on stage or you're recording, you're doing something, you're like. Yes, I am a guitar player. Oh, or I, yes, I am oh, a drummer. I had it way or before yes, I even, probably player. even stepped on stage, man. Before I even stepped on stage, I had it. Like yeah. the first time that I made it all the way through a Rage album and played every single song right through, I was like, you know what? Got I this. think I could do this now. You know, that was you know just that's kind of how I learned. I just learned by playing uh, what I hear, and I just kind of de developed my ear. Not much classical training in there, not much theory in there, but. The way that I learn is just by hearing stuff and listening to other people and feeding off of that. Yeah, you do. Listen, man, it's astounding watching you play sometimes. Like even today when we were going through that, and we'll talk about how, you know, where we're at right now as, and also go back to like the beginning of this whole concept and whatever of this band. And, but just watching you kind of just, I don't want to say, I'm sure you sat down with the songs to figure out where you're going. But to see like the notes that are brought in there and the different, you know, styles that you're kind of playing to it, it's super cool to watch, dude, seriously. I'd say not being a fanboy, but you know, you're, yeah. you're appreciated. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah. It becomes hard, you know, Be like hard to choose where you want to go with something. There's just so many fun possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. So now Dave. Yes. Hi, sir. Hi. So you and I have known each other for a very long time. Uh, over 20 years. Probably. Yes. We've known each other for a long time. Um, so how, when did you start playing guitar? Actually much later than Sean. I got my first guitar when I was 16. Hmm. I played saxophone for 
almost 10 years. Okay, can you Shut still the front door can you, you still can play? play saxophone? I could until I cut a finger off. So now it's like <laughs> kind of sorta. What if we put a thimble on it? Yeah. Probably yeah. then. Yeah. So Dave, um um uh, well, we have to talk about it now. So you are one or half appended short, half a digit. Yeah, and how did it happen? Uh, oh, I got bit by a shark. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> so what happened? Um actually I Going back to it, I got my first guitar at 16, started playing, had no idea what I was doing. Um, good friend of mine named Tommy Haywood, who was an amazing drummer. Tommy's badass. Uh, just became a realtor, by the way. Good for him. Oh, nice. Congrats, Tommy. Uh, he got me into playing guitar and started playing, started playing, kept on going. Got my first real guitar, which I still have, American Fender Strat, um, when I was 18. And then right after high school, I cut my finger off in my dad's woodshop. <laughs> Walk us, walk us through this this scene of the finger cutting just so everybody can have a visual. Uh, I don't think they want a visual. No, no, no. Well, this is good. No, everybody wants yeah. the visual for sure. They're asking remember, right now. we're in their ear holes right now, so they need to have uh, that. So. You can't just back off this. Yeah, you yeah. Have to. Uh, well, the night before, this is how, this is how old and long I got to have some like real serene music playing behind this. <laughs> Did you get like a bandsaw in the back or like... <laughs> <laughs> it was the summer I graduated high school. And the night before, I went and saw Blink-182 at the Odeon in Cleveland. Oh, boy. Um, at a very tiny club. That was Travis's first tour with the band, actually. Okay. And I was on, like, oh, I'm all happy and everything. The next day, I go into the wood shop, and music's cranking, and I'm running a piece of wood through a joiner. And my the board got cut on the end of the table, and whoop, and went right into some cutters. And... My pinky went goodbye. So it just oh. took a clean off. Oh, yeah, clean off. What wow. was your reaction? Like instantly? Uh, I looked down at it and there was just a little curly cue of skin sticking off of it. So just grabbed my wrist and started screaming. Because we should explain Oof. what your actual career is, too. Yeah, I play guitar I'll and I'm a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> you're a nurse, right? Yeah. You're, yes. you're, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, were, were you like, kind of like when it happened, were you like, nah, I know what to do here? Or were you like, oh my God? Oh, no, I was 18 years old. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, so I could barely tie my shoes at that point in life, like let alone have any medical especially knowledge. Especially now without a finger. Oh, no, it's way harder. <laughs> His like, shoes are all Velcro or slip-ons. <laughs> Actually, I tied my shoes once and then I just, just or I had my kid on. do it. Yeah. He's got Crocs. <laughs> so so when you when you started playing guitar, though, and obviously the, the, the tragedy happened, did you think that you were done? Or um, After that happened and I got out of the hospital, it was about two years of surgeries every six months. To keep cleaning it out and making it okay, so right. I couldn't really play for very much for about two years. I did play, but it wasn't a lot. And then kept running the idea of playing a Hendrix and flipping the guitars upside down, okay. and trying to play left-handed. But it just after the muscle memory is already there, that was borderline impossible to try. Did you ever try bowling? Bowling? You don't yeah. use your pinky. Yeah, your pinky. well, no, it rests on the side, so it gives it like a little curve. Right? That, I bet he's got an amazing curve when he bowls. That's my left hand. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you a lefty? No. Oh, you bowl with your left though? No. Oh, it's on your left. He, tried, left he tried oh. to be a lefty. I but tried just flipped his guitar over okay. to be lefty. It didn't work for all and of you I out cut, there right yes, now. I and cut, anybody we probably should have prefaced that with I cut the pinky off of my left hand, which is my friend, the fret hand. That's your fret hand. Yes. So now you've done some stuff uh, as far as being in the music business and whatnot. And, you know, you've played with, you know, a lot of people that I know, that you mm -hmm. know, that we all know kind of collectively. And uh, I guess your your biggest, I don't dare I say biggest band that you did was uh, One Day's Notice, right? Yeah, I'd say so. That's the one that kind of like, kind of took off and whatever. Yeah, and it was started, a, a punk band. It was a, it was a pop punk band in the right. style of like a Green Day, Offspring, Sum 41, something like that. Um, 
yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. Released three out, four albums from we got signed to an indie label. Uh, played Warp Tour, opened up for The Offspring, Bowling for Soup, um, Hawthorne Heights, a bunch of other bands. Is Noodles an a hole? Noodles was the coolest guy I've ever met in my life. I feel like he would be an a hole. Who the hell is that? He's, he's a, a guitar player guitar with the glasses, player, yeah. the big Coke bottle glasses from, from The Offspring. Oh, okay. when we okay. were actually a story about that when we were setting up because we were the only band opening up for them at the at the House of Blues. Um, he came out when we were doing our sound check and noticed that I was playing the exact same cabs that he has. And he actually came out and made his text move his cabs back to give me more space. And then just sat there and BS'd and chain smoked cigarettes on the side of the stage the whole show. That's cool. Yeah, he was and took yeah. pictures with us. That's awesome. Bought beers, hung out in our dressing room. He was like the coolest. And they're eating ramen. No, he was <laughs> he was the nicest guy. One of the nicest guys. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Where, where, oh, do I have that in here? Hold on. I got that in here. Is it this one? Ah, there All it is. Right. <laughs> hey, just flew in hey. from New York. Hey, and my arms are tired. <laughs> Okay, so that's awesome. So uh, I guess same question that he yeah. he posted to, to Sean a minute ago was, uh, what's the, I guess the biggest thing, not the biggest what's thing. What's your the, favorite moment? Favorite moment, there you go. Favorite moment wouldn't be an album. Or thing you're most proud of, I guess. Or you know. Honestly, the thing I'm most proud of is going back to that band, how all of us are still close. That's cool. Keeping the friendships together. Keeping the friendship. That's, that's awesome. That, to me, that's the biggest thing about being in a band. Yeah, I cannot say that. <laughs> cannot say that. So yeah, we've the had fact a... that we still talk almost every day and hang out all the time. That's, that's awesome. Yes. Cool. That transcends the band thing. Yeah, that's super. Yeah, that's definitely rare. I can't say the same thing. No, anyway. I mean. Yeah, I barely well, talk to. I will like through social media occasionally talk to like Hagar and I'll talk to Vinny. I mean, I talk to a few of them. Dinko, I know, talked to a couple yeah. times. See, but, I like, don't. You know, I, you're the pretty I don't much talk to John Steph. I talked to John. Yeah, you know. I talk. We no one's talked to Stender. You know, well, because he's like hidden in the, the <laughs> woods with a stack of guns. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But like, I mean, like, there's a there's a few. Yeah, but not like a whole band. No, any of so that's situations. awesome. That's that that you still have that close knit kind of you yeah, know, that, vibe with everybody. That's probably the best part of it. We stayed together. Four of us, I should say, stayed together for the entire. The entirety of that band and you, 10 years. Yeah. you just did a reunion show you do one every year right we do yeah I, I mean i guess you can't really call it a reunion when you do it every year but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an annual <laughs> reunion it's an, it's show an annual reunion. we actually physically stopped recording and making new music and being a band like five years ago but we still play about once a year that's awesome so now okay now on to jeff if you're a listener of icons not laws or the old school uh, midnight train uh, you should know who this guy is. Um, but just to refresh everyone's memory, or, or even if we never even really talked about it, when did you pick up the <laughs> guitar and start playing? Or when did you decide that you wanted to be a musician? Because as we can all sit here and say right now, it's, it's, it's not exactly lucrative. It's not the smartest decision in the no, world. No. Not doing it for the money. Yeah, it's not. It's not I mean, listen, we can all agree that if for some reason, if someone came through and all of a sudden you're going to be a rock star, quote unquote, yes. That's great. Everyone loves that. But that's not why you, you sit here in out, just hours upon hours upon hours of writing and learning. And, and you know what I mean? you're, not, you're not doing it for that. You do it because it's what you love. It's in your bones. Most people also don't understand the amount of time and effort it goes into just to put on a show and put out an album. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot. It's so much. It's, it, there, there's a ton that goes into it. But I'm sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. Uh, I was 14 years old. And about three houses down from where I grew up, there was a garage sale. And so I went over there with my dad. He's like, hey, let's go check out this garage sale. I'm like, all right. So we went there and we're walking through the garage. There's all kinds of random stuff everywhere. And then in the corner, there was this red guitar and a little lunchbox amp. 
And he looked at it and he goes, I want to get that. I was like, and I knew nothing of any kind of instruments. I was in the music, but I didn't know anything about instruments. I'm and, like, and I, I just want to um, just step in here real fast and say, your dad, by the way, is one of the coolest people ever. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. He is. He's absolutely, your whole family is amazing. So he's fun in his old age. Let me my dad you. had been like, hell no, you ain't getting that damn thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. They were always supportive of anything I was doing, but, and I didn't do much. Like I didn't play sports. I didn't, I, I rode BMX bikes and I didn't even skate because I couldn't skate. I just BMX biked everywhere. Had like the dyno with the gyro and all that. Nice. Yeah. But anyways, he's like, you want to get this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I got, we bought it. It was 50 bucks. It was a Hondo guitar with a Gorilla amp, a little lunchbox, like 20 watt Gorilla amp. Yeah. And so I brought it home and plugged it in. I thought like, right. I see it on TV all the time. (laughs) It was bad. Really bad. (laughs) And then like after a week, they're like, okay, we're going to get you lessons. Should have started with bass. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I know. So I, I ended up taking lessons. I took lessons for three years and uh, learned all the chords and how to tune and, and, and then most of the notes. Didn't really learn patterns like for leads and stuff, just all the basic stuff. And then what was cool is my guitar teacher was like, well, bring in the stuff that you like. He's like, we'll learn it. And at that time, I was big into Nirvana and the whole Seattle scene. So I was bringing like Nirvana and Soundgarden, Silverchair. And we would put the CD in and take it a song at a time and he would basically teach me how to play. And then I would remember it. And then eventually I got good enough to, through like what he was teaching me, I was able to do it on my own. So then I started learning stuff on my own. And from there I stopped taking lessons and I just dabbled in it and dabbled in it. And then I had a garage band and uh, it was interesting. It was a, I guess a grunge garage. It was, we were three piece. You're and a big fan of that style though. You, you I was, still are I was, to this yeah. day. Like you're well, still I grew like, up on it, yeah. you know? Um, and we didn't have a bass player. So it was, I was playing guitar and I learned guitar. And then the other kid was a guitarist who was singing and playing guitar. And we had a drummer and they're like, we need a bass player. And you know how this goes. Well, I don't know if you know, I know how this goes. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm playing bass. So I bought <laughs> a bass. It's happened a couple times. Oh yeah. yeah. So I bought a bass and I played bass in that band. And that band kind of fizzled out. And then I got talked into singing for a metal band with our buddy Steve mm-hmm. and Inc. Brian. Inc. Yep. Yeah. I remember Inc. That's how I and, first met you. Yeah. yeah. So I was doing like, backup screams for the first band and they're, they're always like you can you could do this scream the whole time i'm like oh well i was a young stupid kid so i ended up singing for them that's where i met you at Listen, the flying machine i remember oh the flying machine the yeah. flying machine yeah and if you're uh, not familiar with the uh, northeast ohio area it was in lorraine mm-hmm. it was a complete shithole <laughs> but a lot of big acts came through there, man. Like I there was seven dust there. I, I mean, dude, we played with you uh, opened for Kill Switch. Kill Switch there. The race, like, right, yeah. I mean, I've seen so many good bands come through and like play there, and that place was falling apart. The bands would be playing on stage, and the ceiling would be like shedding. Yeah, like shit would be coming out of the ceiling. Yeah. You know there I mean? there like, was probably asbestos. We're probably yeah. all of us that play there are going to die from <laughs> cancer at some point. But yeah, whatever. So no, I remember when when you, I, I want to say you had like pink hair yeah. or red hair at the time. Yeah. And I remember the first time I was like, wow, this guy's got some lungs on him. Yeah. Cause he's up there, rah, 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 you know what I mean? Screaming, just doing his thing or whatever. I'm like, what? there were parts where I would scream like long to the point where I would almost pass out. Like it would be a eight measure scream, like ridiculous <laughs> stuff. But I was so amped up as a young guy and just like hyper and like I could do it back then. But you did, you did it and you, you guys did it well, especially yeah, that, that fun. Era. I mean, yeah. we did that. And then, uh, from there you needed a programmer. Yeah. And at that point in my music life, I guess you would call it, I was dabbling into electronics and studio. Like th- we're talking way back in the, the beginning stages before Pro Tools and all that. 
where we were using like Is it the digital area. Yes, yeah, yeah. We, we just, were using like Casio keyboards and like recording it not to a click and like trying to make it good. And, yeah, we'd sit down and just like spend forever in yeah. your apartment in uh, North Ridgeville. Yeah. And, so I was uh, I was doing basically everything. I was doing guitar, I was doing bass, I was doing electronics, I was trying to do like writing and producing and stuff. And then you were like, "Hey, we need we need somebody to fill in for program. I think you could do it for Erase the Gray." Yeah, because yeah. Nate had to leave, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, I'm like I'm not doing nothing. Let's do it." And then it just took off from there. And then yeah. I ended up playing bass and Cheers. I mean, like I've done, I've pretty Shana, much done it all. Shanoa, yeah, you did the whole Shanoa thing. And the whatnot. only thing I haven't done is drums. I've always wanted to, but I'm I'm not there yet. <laughs> Drums suck. I'm sorry. It's Drums so suck. Fun, they suck. I mean, it is so fun, fun to play, but geez, like every limb has to do something different. And if you're not doing it correctly, it sounds yeah. like shit. Yeah. So what are you most proud of then? Oh, man. Uh, honestly, probably Blackout would be... It's not that... And it's not so much that I'm proud of it. That was probably like, like the most fun I've ever had. It was a good time. It so really I guess was. I'm proud of it yeah. because it was so much fun. I mean, we toured, we had the bus, we went everywhere, yeah. met Vanilla Ice, and yeah. like hung out with Seven Dust. Like it was just wild. We and played uh, Blossom. I yeah, mean, it was yeah. cool. So just just to give everyone out there a, uh, a a history lesson on that. So we were in a band called um, Blackout Superstar, and we yeah we we had a guy that like had a label quote unquote because he decided to give a certain rapper too much money. And <laughs> put his last record out. I believe it's his last. I don't know. Vanilla Ice. Yeah. I'm going to say his name. Whatever. Um, he had a good heart, though. Who, who's that? Mark. Mark. Oh, Mark was amazing. Yeah, very hippie. Yeah. Like, very like, hey, man, you know what? This part really relates to me, He's man. Like, polite. Like, <laughs> yeah, polite hippies. We like him. Yeah. Well, he was yeah. just, he was a music fan. This guy had money from his family and stuff. And he was just in love with music. And he wanted to be a part of it. So when, like... The tour happened, yeah. you know, and I put this tour together for all of us and went all the way down to New Orleans and back up. So like this way and, you know, up the East Coast. Which is Chainsaw, Captain Chainsaw's origin story, by the way. Yes, that for is. Better. You, Shout out to Chainsaw. Chainsaw. Shout out to Chainsaw. Yeah. 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 Um, so he went with us and the poor guy had like gout. <laughs> I remember that. And so like, here we are partying like crazy. And we're like, come on, Mark, drink. And he's like, no, no, I can't. I can't really do it, you know. We're like, no. And he'd have like two beers and he'd wake up and his foot would be like three times the size yeah. of a normal foot. Like oh, the poor no. guy was so great. And like he really, he helped us out a lot. Oh no! The one thing I will say that it's kind of unrelated but related is that you can never leave music once you're a musician. Yeah. It's, it's I've tried addiction. to quit. I think we've seven all times. tried to quit. Yeah, I mean, at least seven times I can think of that. I've tried to like get rid of all my stuff so I don't even have it like to see it and you just can't. It always comes back yeah. to you. It always haunts you. I've never even tried to quit, honestly. <laughs> That's smart. I, I've always done something somewhere it's an with someone. It is. Once you oh, get that taste, you know, yeah. and like you feel like not accomplished, but you're like, yeah, you get that feeling. It's just the need to it's create. It's done. You have it for life. It's an absolute addiction. Need and to create. So now uh, the the fifth, uh, I guess, member, uh, you would say it would be Logan. And he is not here currently, but we'll talk to him next time he comes on. And when he's here um, but we should probably, like, since everyone has been introduced and we kind of know everybody's thing. Oh, for me, though, I've been singing forever. I guess I should probably talk about myself. Yeah. I, not that everyone probably doesn't know. We want to hear about Cabal. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> um, honestly, I grew up with a, a mother that, you know, sang around the house and she played Aretha Franklin, but she would play Conway Twitty and like everything else. And so I just sang and sang and sang and. That's what I did. And then I was uh, in uh, choir and, and ensemble and then like all this pro stuff. And then I just uh, actually, speaking of cabal, those guys, like I wasn't even thinking about having a career in music in any way, shape, or form. Like I wanted to. And then I answered an ad. 
just answering that. Somebody's looking for a singer. I'm like, hey, I can do this. But they wanted somebody they could do because this is back in like the rap core days. Oh, yeah. You know, with uh, Limp Biscuit was super big at the time. And uh, they showed up and I talked to them and all of a sudden they were like, well, can you, can you, can you freestyle right now? I'm like, yeah. And so I just spit some bars right in front of them and then I joined the band. The band was horrible. <laughs> it was so bad. And that's when I met Jeff. And that was the crazy thing is like, because I remember going to see you guys. We played shows together all the yeah, time. Yeah. And you were never singing in that band ever. It was all like screaming yep. and, and the rapping yep. and all that. And then when you came back with the Race to Gray, yeah. and everyone was like, you got to hear it. And I, I listened. I'm like, that's John. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, because I actually we had never knew he could sing like yeah. that. It was like, oh my God. It because was like turning a light on. Right. <laughs> so with, with Cabal, the, um, you know, a bunch of inner turmoil was happening or whatever. And then I had the opportunity to go out with our friend, Chad, everybody here. Do you, you know, Chad, right? All right. So obviously I, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so everybody here knows our buddy, Chad, Chad Saliga, who played with afterwards. He played with, um, well, it was switched as the man he was in at the time. He's like, Hey dude, I need a drum tech. And I'm like, you know what? I really want to get that. I want to get out of this town. I'm down. Let's go. And so I go out and I'm this drum tech. And then I- You were out of school at that point, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. was like 20. What yeah. were you, what were you, like, where were you working? What were you doing for a job? Uh, I think it was a, a telemarketing company. Oh, really? Yeah, I swear to God. Oh, yeah, I yeah. can see, I can see you wanting to get out. <laughs> like, like I'll, I'll drum tech. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so, so he's like, come on out with me. And I'm like, all right, cool. I didn't know anything about drums. I'm like, all right, let's, let's do it. So I learned when I was out there and I wound up being their stage manager, got to do all these tours with like El Nino and Phil Fear Factory and, and uh, you know, just so many different bands and then Warp Tour and then OzFest. Did you have an aha moment out there on the road? Yes. Like when you're doing stuff, did you just observe something and be like, okay, now I know what... There was a moment and I'm not negating our, our friend Ben. Everyone knows Ben, Ben Shriggle from Spider Studios. If you are recording in the Northeastern Ohio area, get over to Spider Studios. They oh, are yeah. amazing. Ben and Tony are my boys. Um, however... There was a moment when he was up there and he's doing his thing. And you're talking about a guy who was a drummer forever that turned singer, singer. You know what I mean? Like that's what. See how everybody like adapts? Yeah. A lot of people do. Like, oh, it's yeah. like you just fall into place so somehow. Ben, yeah. ben was the drummer of what well, was called Not So Blah first. And then all of a sudden he became the singer of Not So Blah and then Switch became Switch because Kamira got signed. And then he's like, oh crap, we, need, we can do a band and do something with this. So I'm out there with them and I'm watching him and I'm like, man. He's really good. And I hate, um, no offense, but I'm like, I could do it way better. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not dogging on Ben at all, like at all. But I was like, dude, I would have these motherfuckers eating out of my hand. And immediately I was like, it was like maybe two or three weeks later. I'm like, I'm going home and I'm starting my band up. And then within six weeks, we were signed um, to Universal Records. So did you come up with the name like on the road? No. Before no, you went home? No, we came home and I got the guys from Cabal back together in which, you know, John Stepp, we got him in. Thank God for that. And who, how did you do that? Did somebody know him? No. Because you had for Steve John, Schner no, was, was the only ad. one from Cabal, yeah, right? It was an ad. No, and, and Josh Boyson. Josh Boyson oh, was in there. Actually, Boyson. the other guy was in there too. In, in I guess I'll say his name, whatever. I doubt he's going to be listening. His name was Jared. And um, so we had uh, this drummer in there. Sweet guys. You ever been in a band with somebody who's just like the nicest dude ever, but he's just not cutting the mustard? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, oh man, he's so nice, but he sucks. Don't want to break their hearts. <laughs> right. So we had this guy and he was so good. And then, so John, we put an ad out for a lead guitarist. He shows up and he has this long hair and he's straight from West Virginia, buddy. You know what I mean? And so he comes in 
And he's like, you know, hey man, I got this, I got this drummer. And I'm like, oh yeah? And so that's when Stender came into the fold. Uh, okay. Now Stender and his name, you know, Josh is yeah. a fin- just a fantastic, fantastic drummer. And so when he came in, it immediately changed everything. So our first show was uh, actually at the, you guys remember the Red Rooster? Or yeah, I think I that's what it was called. It, so Mitch from the Flying Machine, when the Flying Machine closed, he opened up a small little itty bitty place called like the Red, I think it was, was that what it's, it's called? the Red Rooster, yeah. And it was right in the heart of Lorraine. Okay. I don't know that one. Okay. So we played there. That was our very first show, you know? And um, so our, 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 the next show, I guess you'd say, and actually, no, that was Burning Vegas. I'm lying. I'm, I'm getting my shit. I'm old. That was BV's <laughs> first time. Our first show was actually at the symposium. Yeah, because I was there and Jim LaMarca was there. That I was remember. in front of Roadrunner Records. Yeah, Monty. Yeah, Monty Connor. I yeah. was at that show. And if Monty ever hears yeah. this, love you, buddy. But uh, yeah, that was our very first show. I forgot. Yeah, that, that's what we did. We went there and our first show was in front of uh, Monty Connor from Roadrunner Records and it was horrible. Mm. Horrible, it dude. It wasn't that bad. Oh my God. It was, I thought it was good. It was garbage, in my opinion. So anyway, we did that and then he offers us a deal. And he's like, listen, this is a shit deal. He's like, but we're, we're going to do this for you in order to get the other labels interested. You know, he's like, I like you guys. You guys are cool, whatever. And funny fact about it is, is that shit deal he offered us was actually better than Slipknot's original deal. Wow. Yeah. Oof. And it was a shit. And they got nine guys in the band. Oof. So what happened with them is they released their first record. And then all of a sudden they were like, well, we want all of our merch rights. And we've shown that we can sell and they, everything changed from there yeah. for, for them, for them. So for us, we did this. And then all of a sudden we're flying out to LA. We're, oh Jesus, we're, we're auditioning in front of- You're showcasing. Yeah, in front of every label ever. And it was horrible. Can you uh, walk the listeners through a showcase? Like what that was? Like, and, yeah, I don't think it's the same anymore. Obviously, I they never don't do did anymore. one. Never did one. Oh, right. they're, they're Have so- Have you ever done a showcase? Oh, yeah. Okay. So a showcase, you're walking into a room and it's basically got a stage and a sound set up and basically everything you need to play a show. Except when you sit in or stand up there or whatever and the people sitting in front of you, again, sitting in front of you, it's not a crowd. So it's, it's kind of like American Idol, like the auditions? Yes. Almost. That's, ex- that's almost identical to yeah. what it is. So you're standing there and like you're trying to like get into your vibe and like jam and like show off or whatever. Except they're not moving. They're barely even paying attention. <laughs> you know? And then I had a guy in the band at the time who did not hold his weight and it made us all look really bad and yada, yada, yada. We go on and then all of a sudden we end up showcasing in Cleveland for Universal. Universal gave us a pretty shit deal, but we took it because, you know, we wanted a a record deal. So we got it. And then we did all the other stuff and whatever. We'll talk about that later. But that's when that that's been my sequential, like, you know, like how I got to, uh, you know, being signed or whatever. Now, in that time, I met you. Yes. In the race right? Right. So I uh, obviously I knew you because I had you come in to be the program. Yeah, I knew you from the beginning. Right. Yeah. So we met and what was the name of the band at the time you were doing? Was we that? were called Another Path. and Right, because you joined up with Gatlin. We joined up with Gatlin. Yeah. And we actually recorded at uh, Spider, and that's how I met Chad. And then Chad ended up joining our band for a little bit. Right. And that's how that all happened. And then Chad went up over to uh, Breaking Benjamin. We joined up with Gatlin. And then everybody kind of did their own thing from there. I remember you guys. Um, what was the, the singer of the band? Dave. 
Dave, little little ball guy, little guy, little yeah. ball guy, yeah. pipes though. Yeah, guy can, he could sing. Oh he yeah, could, he for sure, still is probably. Yeah, what's he doing? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you stay close to the other guys. Yeah. You know, that's 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 important. So, what was your moment then, out of your whole career so far? Because there's been a lot of stuff for you, probably out of all of us. What, uh, what would be like the one that stands out the most for you, where you were like, yeah, like this is. Like it felt right, felt good, and you'll always remember it. When Lemmy walked into our dressing room <laughs> accidentally, <laughs> that was hands down. Like I, you know, obviously I got to do some a, a lot of cool stuff. Um, I mean, I mean, God, sitting back on it, there's so many cool things. I almost got ran over by the guys in Blink One Eighty Two in a golf cart. That was pretty cool to me. You know, <laughs> that would have been my highlight. Or, you life. know what I mean? Like that was pretty cool. They were just driving around, and I went Did around. Let me call you a wanker. So no, so the story. <laughs> It's amazing because the story was basically you don't talk to Lemmy. Okay. And, Le and Lemmy talks to you. You talk to him. That's fine. So we're on this tour with him. And we're talking about Lemmy, the singer from Motorhead for those correct. people that don't know. Yeah. You should know, yeah, but you if you don't know. know. Yeah. So he is, you know, just all he does, they, they bring in video games for him to play. I'm talking the big stand-up ones. What okay. was he playing? Like old, like old stuff? Uh, old school shit. Like, like asteroids or, yeah, yeah, something like that. Really? So he's a big fan of this stuff. That's what he likes to do. And um, he's got a guy on the back of the stage when he's done playing that, you know, has a cigarette, a towel, and a uh, Jack and Coke for him. You know, like that, that's, epic. that's Lemmy. Lemmy, wow. Lemmy put in, he's put in his due, you know? So all of a sudden we're at House of Blues playing two shows in Chicago and we got a green room in there and all of a sudden we're sitting there and I can't remember if it was before or after we played that. I'm assuming it's after. And um, all of a sudden Lemmy comes walking in. Doesn't say a word, beeline straight to the bathroom. And it's like, I mean, you could literally hear, where's the cricket? There it is. <laughs> you could hear that in our room right now. We're like, oh my God, it's Lemmy. And because, you know, we're on the tour, but we're not like talking to the guy, you know? And all of a sudden he comes out, he walks in and opens up the refrigerator because the refrigerator's stocked up. Your refrigerator. Which, huh? Your refrigerator? Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm. So <laughs> he opens it up, grabs a beer, cracks it, sits down. Right One of your to, beers. Yes. One, uh, next to, I, I don't remember who was sitting on the, the, the couch or whatever with him, and he's just sitting there, and we're all just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's nothing being said, and then all of a sudden you hear, this isn't my fucking dressing room. <laughs> and he gets up and walks out, and dude, he left, we're like, oh my God! <laughs> we're all just high-fiving each other, like, oh my God, it's the greatest shit ever. I feel ever. like That's he was trolling good. you. It could have been. Could have been. It's very possible. <laughs> and regardless, it was the fact that he came in there, it was just like, this isn't my fucking dressing room, and he just walks out. Oh. That's going to be a tough one to top. I mean, that's, that's I mean, that might be the pinnacle thing. of your musical music yeah, career. Exactly. You know that that was that was one of my favorite moments. I mean, I've had a lot of cool moments as well, but but yeah, that was that, I guess that's my highlight as far as whatever. I haven't put out the a perfect record in my eyes yet, though. Yeah, yeah, I feel and you, I, on and that. I think that's what this. Yep. Hopefully, is Still. what's what's going to be is to put out in, in I guess the perfect record. Yeah. Okay. So now in saying that, so we obviously, you, Dave and Jeff and myself, we were in a cover band together. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. 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 And uh, it absolutely fucking sucked. We were great. I wouldn't say it sucked. No, it, it just, uh, it had its moments. We, we were, we were really good at, yeah. at what we did, but it's just when you have to adapt to what people want to hear, you're not playing the music you want to play. Well, what did I tell you? So we're all in a group chat for this band and Dave posted a, an old picture of Cheers of us on stage sound checking. And if you zoom in and look at my face, I look like miserable, like I hate life. Yeah. And I was like, that's what happens when you play Bruno Mars Uptown Funk 853 times in a month. Yep. Well, the thing with, <laughs> the, thing with the cover band is it goes from one day you're playing like a sold out House of Blues 
yeah. in front of 1,200 people. Yep. And everything is great. And then the very next day, you're dressed up as the Power Rangers playing in front of kids. <laughs> or you're in a parking lot for a kid's birthday. <laughs> and making way more money than the 1,200 or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, venue. by far. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. So we, we were doing that. And then, you know, we were talking about doing a different band and stuff like that. And then we were talking about doing like whatever. And then Sean, we, we, I, we, I talked to Chris who was in cheers with us. Right. And that's how I found out about you. Mm -hmm. And he's like, dude, my buddy's a great bass player. You know what I mean? Whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then we started talking and then, you know, we just kind of started vibing and whatever. And then, you know, we had Ben mm -hmm. who played in a race degree because you guys filled in. Not, not filled in, but like the, the re-envisioning of Erase the Gray was you guys. Yeah, and the complete, you guys just did a brief history of like basically the Cleveland music scene. I was there too, you know, in the in the background. Like we did, Rosella did shows with Gatlin and like all those bands, insert band here. We probably yeah, you guys were around them. for quite yeah. a while, right? Yeah, so I was, I was around, but it was just so weird that we haven't connected sooner yeah. until now. You know? That's we yeah. talk about that. Dave and I talk about that all the yeah. time because when we were in Shinova, we were playing shows with his band. Yeah. 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 And, and I don't ever remember like walking pad, but like, what's up, bro? Like well, I don't remember any of that. Yeah. You were a dick. Well, I was probably under the, under the influence <laughs> at that time. Yeah. Totally kidding. But then at the same time, I was in a band with Ian. Yeah. And if I, I, I'm still not convinced that me and you weren't in a band at the same time without I know. knowing it. I, we, we literally had, we're still figuring this out. We're, there's a, there's a possibility for like six months. We were in a band together in like yeah. 2005. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, um, um, what's the name of the band? Enemy for a day. Yeah, Enemy for yeah. a day. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's quite possible. So it happens that when you're in a, it's like the Kevin Bacon thing with yeah. the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. Cleveland, the Cleveland area is it. I mean, it's like know. seven people who have all been in the same band. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a big area, but when it comes to musicians, you kind of you, you bump shoulders with everybody you know so so you came into the fold because uh, again Chris and it's like okay and then all of a sudden we started jamming and you brought in Ben who was playing and whatever and then all of a sudden it's like well that was actually that was after Cheers right yes I believe so yeah I think that I think that was after Cheers because we were doing Cheers yeah because it was you yep. and then we had we, we did the whole Cheers thing which is the cover band and then we did Erase the Gray again and then it's like well what the fuck are we doing? And it just it it just didn't have the same heart to it, and not and not with anybody here. It's just me getting older and going. Okay, we played a show with. I'm not going to say the the band's name, but we played a show here, and the way that they held themselves made me just go. This is why I don't want to play live music anymore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, this is why I don't want to do this. Like, I've, I've put in my dues. I've been there. I've done all this stuff. And now all of a sudden, it's like, you, you've got some guys up there with some, their nose in the air and kind of being very pretentious. And yeah, I, I know like, what you're talking about. You don't yeah. got time for that crap. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, I was just like, I'm over it. You know what I mean? And then we, we went, after that show, we went and played one in West Virginia. And it was, you know, not the greatest crowd or whatever, but it was, the vibe was way it better. Was, it was awesome. It, it was, was awesome. It was, it was awesome. fun. We had such a good time there, you know? And so I'm like, okay, maybe I it could. It definitely redeemed. Yeah. Because that, night, that yeah. first show was just. I it, mean, the 45 yeah. minutes we were on stage, it was great. But every other part of it, especially the night before. Right. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was rough. The sound checking was 
It, <laughs> it was a it was an interesting night to say the least. <laughs> to say the least. And I did double duty that night. Don't remember. Don't oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You actually played in your other band as well. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. I've never done that before. Like two sets. You had been two tired. different bands. One night. I don't know. It was like super. I was just so fed on the whole moment. That just night. adrenaline. Just I was rolling. not tired one bit. That's even awesome. after that. that was I was. Crazy. I'm old, so I was tired. <laughs> well, I only played one. If show. I tried to do that now, it might be a little different. <laughs> yeah. I was still tired from blackout for pushing Ken's stuff around because you wouldn't move any of his gear. <laughs> Ken from Voodoo, if you're listening. Voodoo Vodka. You remember when you made us move all your gear? Hey, listen. <laughs> you should be drinking Voodoo Vodka because it's magic. It's good so stuff. now, we decided that, uh, so we talked about doing a cover band at first. You know, doing like a 90s kind of, you know, rock thing. And we were talking about doing that or whatever. And then all of a sudden, it was like, well, hey, why don't we just do an original band? Let's put some time into this thing and let's actually go for it and put out the perfect record. What we feel is perfect. Right. Yeah. Well, for us. For yeah, us. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and oh, well, obviously, I mean, everybody's got their own opinions or whatever. Right. You know, but we, we want to put out what we consider to be the perfect record. So we're going to take the time and we're going to make it work. And I'm going to leave that there until next time. Oh. <gasps> Are you going to play a snippet of, of the recently recorded one? Do you want to play that at the very end of here? I think we should put a I piece in there. Some. All right. Just so people can it's see what we're bit. up to. All right. Bit. I'll play it at the very end. So right now, listen, Zycons and Outlaws, and we're presenting Starting the Band. And now you know a little bit about us. So until next time, uh, you guys, say bye. Bye. <laughs> so long. Goodbye. And we will talk to you soon. Keep on rocking.